When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. He charged me with resisting arrest. Get that confidence in jail. I object. Everybody, welcome to the Allegedly Bravo briefing room. I'm Lauren. Um, how is everybody doing? I feel like it's been one heck of a week. I feel like the week just went like so fast. Like from Monday to Friday, it was just like a blink of an eye. Um, and then also the weekend went just as fast, which is not very fair ever. And like, I just have to complain for a second because I have work tomorrow and tomorrow is the 3rd of July, which I know isn't a holiday, but it is really weird to have a whole weekend, go to work on Monday and then go home on Tuesday and then go to work on Wednesday. Like, it's just really odd. I don't know why we don't have Monday off. It's just so annoying. But I've been watching a lot of Love Island, like a lot, a lot, a lot of Love Island UK. I'm fucking obsessed with it. I learned so many like little new lingos watching, watching these programs from abroad. Like, for example, they call kissing lipsing. You want a lips? Did you make sure you do lipsing? Like, it's so cute. I kind of like when they say snog. I think that's cute, too. Um, I 100% recommend everyone watch it. It's on Hulu. Um, Fuck yeah, I just love Love Island. Second, I'm all caught up on Real Housewives of Orange County, which I feel like I know it's been out for four weeks, and I watched episodes one through three. But then this week when I watched episode four, I couldn't remember, like, anything about what happened on any of the other episodes. Like, I was like... Wait, wait, what movie are these people talking about? Like, was was there a movie? And so I had to go back and rewatch everything again because I don't know what I was doing when I was watching it the first time, but I was not watching it actively, I don't think, because I didn't remember a gosh darn thing. I remembered that, like, Cut Fitness closed, 
But the party was pretty crazy. Like when the new girl, who I can't remember her name, obviously, at this moment, because I just can't remember anything right now. But when the new lady did the whole post about like, thank God we're still here, like right before Tamara's party where she's shutting everything down, I think was just a coinky dink, but a really hilarious coinky dink. Like that made me laugh so hard. I loved it. But sometimes when I watch Real Housewives of Orange County, I get a little homesick and I'm like, well, I want to go home. And my parents are getting a pool put in to their backyard and it just got filled up. And I'm like, wait, really? Like after I leave, you guys get a pool? It just, none of it makes sense. And so I'm just feeling a little homesick and like really want to go swimming right now. But instead I'm in Minnesota and like, you know. Not trying to complain because it's beautiful here, but it's like 90 degrees and thanks to Canada, we can't breathe like a couple times a week. And I feel really bad for the Canadians, really. I mean, they're the ones who are going through it, but it's, you know, it's tough on me. It's really tough on me. Um, So that's what's going on in my neck of the woods. Oh, I also watched Jennifer Lawrence's Hot Ones episode. I was crying laughing like that girl when she took a bite of like one of the really hot hot sauces like she could not keep it together I was laughing so hard such a great episode 100% recommend I haven't seen her watch what happens live episode yet I'm so far behind on all my tv now that love island's back on because it takes up a lot of time it's every single night and then if you don't watch it then you have to watch two hours and it's You know, but the thing about Love Island that I like is it's not like The Bachelorette or The Bachelor, which I also know is on right now. But I, with those kinds of programs, like I used to, but now I can no longer commit to sitting for two hours watching one fucking show. Like I can't, if you do two one hours back to back, I feel like I'd be more into it. But the one, two hours, and then maybe another one the next night. Oh my God, it's ridiculous. I, I just can't do it anymore. So I won't. Um, I'm just going to stick to Love Island, which does mess up my other TV watching schedule. But listen, we have to sacrifice some things. Like I love Bravo so much, but I'm not one of those girls that can just watch nonstop Bravo. Like I have my sister wives, which of course now is up in the air because Christine is like left the fam, the family. And also is with a new guy good for her though because cody kind of sucked but you know these are the other shows that i like i have to get in or else i'm gonna go crazy so i'm glad these these shows are back on (sighs) love island is just such a breath of fresh and um i understand why ariana picked watching love island instead of hanging out with tom sandoval because love island's fun and tom sandoval allegedly smells like aroma, like his, he has an aroma about him. That's what I've heard. I haven't ever smelled him, but I believe it. Okay, there's been lots and lots and lots and lots of legal news lately. Ugh, it's like almost exhausting, especially with SCOTUS releasing all their opinions at the end of the year, um, which we knew was going to happen. We knew this was going to happen, but I didn't know it was going to happen like this. Like, a lot of big decisions were made. A lot of people are going to be impacted by these. 
Um, so far, I I like cannot talk about it unless I've read the whole opinion. It's just like I can't. It just feels wrong. So I read the 303 creative opinion. That's the one that um seemingly allows certain businesses to discriminate against people based on their sexual orientation. It was like 70 pages and it's 70 pages of like Supreme Court opinion. Okay, so it's like and it's seven pa- 70 pages of like Supreme Court opinion that's just like taking people's rights away. So it was really long and hard to get through. So I'm going to do a couple more, read a couple more and do a briefing room just on those because um, but it's going to take me a little bit because I can't just throw that together. Like those are hard. Those are really hard to read. <laughs> it's just exhausting. You know, it's a lot of information. And then you get questions and then I have to Google my side questions. And then it's like, cause I want to be, I want to come to the table prepared, you know? So we're going to talk about SCOTUS another day at another time. So don't worry. But today in the briefing room, we're talking about the pop culture lawsuits that are going on right now. And these are not housewife related. So we'll do another Kim Zolciak one. Don't you worry. But these, I mean, we have to be well-rounded people. So this is for when you're getting ready to go to your 4th of July party. And there's going to be people there who just don't have taste. And these are your talking points. Okay. For the people without taste, uh, which could end up to be your friend. So pay attention. Okay. So Travis Scott bleh, and other Astro World organizers won't face criminal charges over the deadly crowd crush. So this is an article from Billboard magazine and it discusses how after, I mean, I'm sure we all remember the horrible Astro World tragedy where Travis Scott's crowd went out of control and he was like encouraging them, not stopping the show. Allegedly people got crushed and in fact, people died at this concert. So a grand jury in Houston, I'm getting all this from this billboard article. So grand jury in Houston on June 29th, which was the Thursday, said that they will not be filing any charges against Travis Scott or the organizers of the Astroworld Music Festival. So they did a 19 month investigation. So the grand jury did 19 months of like deep investigation. I'm sure they did depositions you know, witness questioning. They took a bunch of evidence, all kinds of stuff. And after 19 months of this investigation, the grand jury did a vote to decide if they were going to indict Travis Scott and others or not. And the grand jury decided that they didn't have enough evidence to support a criminal charge against Travis or his other friends. Um, and they, one of the people said, Our job is narrow. It's to determine if this tragedy, this absolute disastrous, horrific event involved criminal activity by anyone. In this instance, the grand jury found that no crime did occur, that no single individual was criminally responsible. But this uh, speaker, the person who said that quote, also said that the criminal investigation and the grand jury investigation and the grand jury determination of no criminal charges, that's completely separate from any civil law lawsuit. And she said, quote, what will happen in the courts where they practice civil law is not for us to determine. 
So she's like, listen, I'm saying there's no criminal charges here, but that has nothing to do with the civil charges because a lot of these families are suing Travis Scott. Um, and so it's important that the lady says, you know, hey, but this doesn't mean that there isn't any civil liability here. Just criminal right now. Um, and then Travis Scott's lawyer said, quote, that this decision, quote, confirms what we have known all along, that Travis Scott is not responsible for the Astroworld tragedy. And I just want to make a clarification here, Mr. Kent Schaefer. That is absolutely not what that means. Actually, what that means is that there are no criminal charges to be brought against Travis Scott. That does not mean that Travis Scott is not responsible for the Astroworld tragedy. We don't know if he's responsible or if he's not responsible because there hasn't been a trial. And I'm sure you know this and that you just simply said a dumb thing. Um, he goes on by saying, this is consistent with investigative reporting by numerous media outlets and federal and state government reports that have squarely paced, uh, placed out for event safety crises, crises on, or this sentence makes no sense. Is he drunk? This, or am I drunk? This is consistent with investigative reporting by numerous media outlets and federal and state government reports that have squarely placed the onus for safety crises on organizers, operators, and contractors, not performers. I was drunk. That sentence does make sense. While waiting patiently for the district attorney's decision not to file charges, Travis Scott has been inaccurately and wrongfully singled out despite stopping the show three times and being, this is such a PR thing, despite stopping the show three times and being unaware of the events as they were unfolding. Now that this chapter is closed, it's not just this one little chapter for crimes is closed, but the civil case is still open. We hope for the government's efforts to focus on what is most important. Stopping future heartbreaking tragedies like Astroworld from ever occurring again. God, you know, you just got to hand it to defense attorneys because it's like, what do you say? Like, what do you say? Like, oh, well, glad it, you know, glad this guy didn't do it. And like, we're going to have to just say, just stick it to him, you know, just stick it to him. But this is really quite, quite a statement, like saying we stopped the show three times. It's like, they're really still trying to push this narrative. and. I don't know what the truth is because there hasn't been a trial, but of course, Travis Scott's statement of events is he stopped the show three times and he wasn't aware of what was going on. All right, maybe so. We'll find out, sir. Um, anyway, this article from Billboard goes on by saying that just because criminal charges weren't filed against him... Yeah, that's a major win, but it won't have any impact on the civil litigation that's currently underway to determine whether the Astroworld organizers should face li civil liability over the disaster. And further, it says thousands of alleged victims, thousands, have filed more than 400 civil lawsuits against Travis Scott, Live Nation, and other organizers claiming that they were legally negligent and how they planned and conducted the event, including by failing to provide adequate security and emergency support. I heard that I heard that, that was true, but obviously we don't know. 
With the many cases now combined into one single large act action, the alleged victims are seeking billions in damages. Well, good thing he has a billionaire close by. He can take out a small personal loan. Oh, this Astro World tragedy is just so sad. And it's clear that they're just playing like past the bag hot potato. Um, I'm, you know, of course, if the court doesn't see that there's any way that they can press criminal charges, it's way, it's um, great that they didn't. Um, but like I said, that doesn't mean that he has no liability or no responsibility. That just means that they can't find him like having enough to satisfy a crime that they have right now. So we'll stay tuned on these civil cases because I mean, in the billions, these poor victims, I just feel so bad for them. Okay. Let's take a break. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay. Our next story is Rust prosecutors say that the film's armorer handed off a bag of cocaine after the shooting. That's from ABC. Okay. Hannah Gutierrez-Reed was charged last week with evidence tampering for allegedly handing off the drugs in October of 2021. So the prosecutors in this case were alleging that Hannah Gutierrez-Reed handed a bag of cocaine to another person who was there that day that Miss Hutchins was killed. Um, so she was, this Hannah girl was charged last week with evidence tampering for handing off the drugs in 2021. And the prosecutors allege that by doing so, she interfered with the investigation into Hutchinson's death. I, I mean, how do you know? I don't know. I guess she would interfere because there was another crime going on and maybe there were some drugs going on and that would have been another avenue for the prosecutors to go down. But, um, I don't know. I don't know. She's already facing a charge of involuntary manslaughter for loading a live round, a live round into Alex Baldwin's gun. Now, Alex Baldwin, if you remember, was also charged with that, but those charges have been dropped. So, like, as of now, Alex Baldwin is just sitting at home with, why am I forgetting that woman's name? How do you say cucumber? Ilaria. Oh, my God. How dare I? I almost forgot Ilaria's name. So, Alec and Ilaria are just hanging out at home, and Elizabeth, or Miss Hannah Gutierrez-Reed is just, like, sitting here facing involuntary manslaughter charges and witness tampering 
or evidence tampering, and I would guess some sort of possession charge if they can prove that she had the bag. So they're saying that there's some, like, witness that's going to come and testify about this, but um, the defense is having just a shit conniption because I guess the prosecutors haven't told the defense attorneys who this person is allegedly that's like, oh, we I got the bag. So he says the... Um, Hannah's lawyer, Jason Bowles, he says, if the state wants to publish salacious allegations about Miss Gutierrez-Reed and a secret procedure, which is not condoned by the rules or constitution, if the state really believes these allegations, why the secrecy? Probably to protect the witness. That would be why I think the secrecy is. Um, But yeah, I agree. Why the secrecy? Like, say it. We're in open court here. You're accusing someone of killing someone and tampering with evidence. Like, name it and claim it. Like, we're, this is big shit. You have to talk about it if you're going to allege it. So, that's crazy. Um, I didn't know that the cocaine was involved at all. It makes a lot of sense, though, because, like, you'd have to be on something to mess up that bad. Especially when your job is an armorer. Like, that is so negligent. Oh, my God. I wonder what she thinks about at night. Maybe we can get her on the pod. Probably not right before trial, imagine. Okay, Kesha and Dr. Luke. We hate Dr. Luke on this program. Kesha and Dr. Luke settled defamation lawsuit over Kesha's 2014 RAPE accusation. This is a Billboard article, which I'm loving Billboard, but some of their stuff is behind a paywall. So I had to skip some. That's my dog, if you hear her thumping around down there. Um, Some of it's behind a paywall. So I had to skip some juicy stories because I couldn't get behind the paywall. And I just think that that's bullshit because also I believe that if you're collecting money through advertising, that's where you're getting your money. It's like you're either advertising or I'm paying. But like, let's not do both here. And come on, all these, all these magazines are just chock full of ads and the websites. I mean, even the embedded click links are ads. Like, come on, stop it. That is a criminal behavior, actually, that I have. Like these paywalls on the news. I hate it. Throw an ad up, for God's sakes. Just leave me alone. Okay, let's get back into it. Kesha and Dr. Luke have reached a settlement to end his long-running lawsuit accusing the pop star of defaming him by accusing him of RAPE. Just a week after the New York court issued a key ruling that would have made it harder for Dr. Luke to win his case, that's when he decided, oh, shoot, the court just made it hard for me to win. Better settle. Yeah, better settle. So... Dr. Luke, he's like, is he even a doctor? I doubt it. Poser and doctor, non-doctor Luke. Poser and what happens when you get your license taken away when you're a doctor? De-licensed ex-doctor Luke said that Kesha legally defamed him in 2014 when she made, quote, a false and shocking allegation that he drugged and RAPE'd her after a 2005 party. If you want to know why people don't report, it's like, oh, I don't know, maybe because if you do, 
Um, you're going to get sued for defamation. <laughs> what the fuck? Um, but also, this has been going on since 2005. How exhausting. This is almost 20 years old, this claim. I feel so bad for Kesha. Like, how exhausting must this be? Especially so public like this. So after they settled, which, uh, you know, I would assume means someone paid someone money, at least legal fees. They called bygones bygones and obviously released a joint statement. So Kesha's says that only God knows what happened that night. As I have always said, I cannot recount everything that happened. I'm looking forward to closing the door on this chapter of my life and beginning a new one. I wish nothing but peace to all parties involved. And then Dr. Luke, fraud, fraud Dr. Luke said he was absolutely certain nothing happened that night in 2005. Oh, are you absolutely certain? That sounds like when that stupid SCOTUS guy was like, yeah, I like beer. Okay, I'm absolutely certain nothing happened that night in 2005. I remember every day. I never drugged or assaulted her, and I would never do that to anyone. I would never. I'm a doctor. For the sake of my family, I have vigorously fought to clear my name for nearly 10 years. It, what, it, it is time for me to put this difficult matter behind me and move on with my life. I wish Kesha well. Okay, so we're taking absolutely no responsibility for anything because why would you admit to doing a crime? And Kesha's being like, yeah, you know, honestly, I might not be able to remember everything, but I think we know what happened. I mean, neither of these people would be fighting this hard for this long if there wasn't something to fight about. In my opinion. So this is after the court had already ruled that Dr. Luke was a public figure, which would mean that it would make it really hard for him to win because if he was a public figure, then he would have to show what's called actual malice, which means he would have to show that Kesha like had very substantial knowledge that what she's saying was false and that she didn't care and she just willy nilly went and said it anyway. Um, and... And if she would have won the lawsuit, the ruling would have allowed, allowed her to have Dr. Luke pay her legal fees. Because I don't know if you know this, but you just can't just be getting your legal fees paid. I mean, as much as we would love to, there are only certain situations where, like, the other party has to pay your legal fees. Just saying. Okay, speaking of not paying, I had to include this, this uh, article because... It blew my mind. So this is by the New York Post. And the headline is, Nashville lawyer who beat student loans by suing shell company posts how he did it online. Okay. Saint and God, Brian McCoonikin. I'm going to spell that one because I did not say it right. M-A-N-O-O-K-I-A-N. Manukian. Manukian. Like that was not that hard. I just had to spell it first. Brian Manukian tweeted about the way he conquered his own student debt back in 2016. So what he did was he went to court and sued the original lender of his student loans. So like say he took out student loans with like Wells Fargo, you know, this doesn't really count or it won't work well if we're doing federal loans. So let's just call it. He took out a bunch of loans at Wells Fargo. 
Okay, then Wells Fargo takes those loans and sells them and kicks them down the line. And sometimes your loan can pass to like a bunch of different servicers. And next thing you know, you don't even know who the fuck has your loan and how much you have left to pay. It just seems like forever, doesn't it? Because it is. Because it's forever. So what he would do is then sue the original loan company um, because it was like, let's see, they need to keep a chain of title. Okay, so if they sell your loan, then they have to say, I, Wells Fargo, kind of like a house. I, Wells Fargo, sold my loan to Lauren Peavy House, and now she is going to collect money on it. And then it's like, and then I sold it to Joe Schmo. And then Joe Schmo sold it to U.S. Bank, you know, so on and so forth. But there needs to be a chain of title or you can get in trouble. So he says, quote, it's about holding these companies to the very same contract that they insist the debtors comply with. And that's a great point. It's like these contracts go two ways. Okay. so this guy went to Vanderbilt Law School and he told the Post that he took out two loans, one from J.P. Morgan, which we know has the best mortgage rates, thanks to Real Housewives of New York, and one from Bank One for 60 grand to pay for his education. So he said that he had been working for over 10 years to just like make the minimum payments on these $60,000 loans. So then 2016 comes around and he's trying to buy a building for his law firm. So he's like, yo, I need a mortgage. And all of a sudden, the mortgage company's like, we can't give you a mortgage because you owe a lot of money on your student loans. And so, like, we can't just be having you paying nothing but debt forever. Okay. Um. So what's he supposed to do? So he's like, well, you know, it seems like none of these people have kept proper records. So, quote, you challenge their ownership. They decline to respond. You get a default judgment. And that's precisely what bad debt collectors are doing anyway. Like these really gross, nasty, fraudulent, like a lot of them are law firms, which is despicable. It's despicable. These lawyers who go to law school and then spend the rest of their lives collecting money from poor people who can't afford to pay their like $3,000 credit cards. So then they sue them and then get default judgments and then garnish their wages. Ew. Sick. Quit your job. I'm talking to you. Okay, so that's exactly what they do. They get default judgments against the people that allegedly owe them money, even though they don't keep proper records anyway, so they can't even prove it. It's ridiculous, but the default judgment, they just hope that you don't respond. So whatever. Okay, so the anti-student loan shark, that's funny. Anti-student loan shark instead of loan shark said that he's helped some of his friends sue over the chain of title, but he says this isn't just like a quick fix for everyone, especially if you took out federal loans, which are guaranteed by the federal government. So he's saying that he's going to get a website put up so that he can help people. So I'm going to give you his name one more time so you can Google him. It's Brian, B-R-I-A-N, Mancui, M-A-N-O-O-K-I-A-N. Manukian. Why can't I say it unless I spell it? I might be good in a spelling bee, actually. Okay, our next story. 
Lana Del Rey settles a copyright lawsuit over the Summertime Stadness music video. And this is another Billboard free article. Thank you very much, Billboard, for letting us read this for free. Um, Lana Del Rey reached a settlement to end this lawsuit where this person sued her because they said that the first 17 seconds of Summertime Sadness music video was directly lifted from a short film that they did. Um, and then Lana Del Rey was like, please, judge, move to dismiss this case because that it's no, it's not true. So he claims that the 2012, yeah, 2012, this is like 11 years ago, this video copied footage from his short film and stole the audio of a voice saying, remember, I will always love you. Bye. Okay, that is so Lana Del Rey. Remember, I will always love you. Bye. 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 Okay, so this alleged original artist didn't sue until 2022. So this is a whole 10 years later. And they said this is the first 17 seconds. There's only marginal differences. Like they put a color saturation thing and crop something. But like a filter and a crop does not make a new whole entire creation. So he says these minor alterations, which this is exactly what he says. These minor alterations do not make defendants copying any less apparent or egregious. And I love the word egregious. And then um, Lana Del Rey's lawyer writes, the undisputed facts demonstrate that plaintiffs had knowledge of the music video and of Del Rey's use of their works no later than 2015. Ignoring clear, indisputable, and specific notice, plaintiffs waited an additional seven years to bring the suit. So the Lana's not saying, well, she's not saying she didn't do it. She's just saying, you knew about this since 2015 and like enough is enough. And the court was like, enough might not be enough. And we're actually going to set this for a jury trial. And then after the judge was like, this is going to be a jury trial. Then the parties were like, oh, fuck, we don't want to do a jury trial. Because, I mean, look around, everybody. Well, I don't know where you are. If you're on the car, like on the road in the car, like don't look too far around, but just know everyone around you is a fucking idiot. And all of those idiots are a jury of your peers. So if you ever need a jury for anything, just know that the people who are kind of going to decide your fate here are just your common idiot. And that's fine, but that's the choice that that's the risk you're taking. Everyone wants to put the bad person in jail everyone's dumb including myself like if I was ever you wouldn't want me on your jury I don't think so I don't think I would actually convict anybody I'd be like we don't I just not enough evidence okay so that brings me to Faith Stowers actually you guys remember Faith when Jack's fucked Faith so I don't think we talked about it on the pod but on Instagram this whole thing was going around where Faith started a GoFundMe so that she could raise money to sue Stassi. So I'm going to read what the GoFundMe says. It says, hi, my name is Faith Stowers, which by the way, I thought she was Faith Flowers for a long time. So I'm glad to know she's Faith Stowers. Um, as many of you know, I was a former cast member on a television series called Vanderpump Rules. During my time there, I was publicly targeted and mercilessly and verbally attacked 
by Stassi Schroeder and Kristen Dowdy on multiple public platforms. That's a tongue twister. Anyway, yada, yada, yada. She goes on by saying that she wants money because she's seeking assistance with her legal team to have the book removed, all the royalties and funds collected from the book given to a charity, or assisting a family of choice. I don't know whose choice. Could be her choice. Could be Stassi's choice. I'm not sure. Just a choice. Um, but when this all started, there was, she raised over $6,000 because someone had donated $5,000 to this GoFundMe. But in a, in a little update, I will say that $6,000 has now turned into $1,841, which means somebody donated five grand and then reversed the donation and took it back. And I find that crazy. And I wonder if that person who saw that saw my little TikTok where I talked about the fact that like the statute of limitations is very much over. But I want to say, I think we need to hearken back to the story above with um, Lana Del Rey. And when the judge said like, that's a question for the jury. So maybe, maybe if Faith did sue Stassi in court, a question for the jury because the jury is the finder of the fact. So they sift through all the information and go, this is what's true. So the jury would have to decide if if um, Faith knew about this publication before the statute of limitations was up and just like sat on her rights or if she didn't know. So I find that to be completely interesting. And if if Faith does sue Stassi and I don't know if she will, I kind of don't think she will, but if she does. There's, I just, there's already going to be a jury trial. This is going to be very expensive and it's going to cost a lot more than 1,841 bucks because just to file the complaint in California is probably like four something, almost 500 bucks. I would guess maybe it's, maybe it's more. I don't know. Um, so that's already leaving you with 1,400 and now you're in LA and those attorneys have very expensive rates. So that might get you maybe four, less than four hours, three to four hours with your attorney. Oof, does not a jury trial make. So she's trying to raise $20,000. And if she, if she does file this lawsuit, like she's going to need $20,000 because it's going to be very expensive. And, you know, I think what Stassi and them did to her was absolutely awful and terrible. Um, But I think this is a very expensive, risky way about getting any sort of, I don't even think it's like vindication. It's like any sort of like recourse at all, because it's just going to be so much more of a pain than it will be like a win. So best of luck to you, Faith. And I would love to hear from the person who took back their $5,000 donation because I want to know why they donated and then why they changed their mind and what the process was like getting the money back. Those are my questions. So if you or someone you know donated $5,000 to Faith and then undonated it, please DM me or email me at allegedlybravo. No, just no, not at allegedlybravo. 
Email me, me, at space, allegedlybravo at sign, gmail.com. Allegedlybravo at gmail.com. You can email me there. Um, okay, well, this was really fun. I hope you guys have a good 4th of July and that these are some good talking points for you. And I'll see you next week. Bye. Allegedly Bravo podcast is hosted, produced, and researched by Lauren Peavy House. Allegedly Bravo is available anywhere you listen to podcasts and cannot be copied or rebroadcast without consent. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. It really helps me out. This podcast is made available by the lawyer or legal expert for educational purposes only, as well as to give you general information and a general understanding of the law, not to provide specific legal advice. By listening to this podcast, you understand that there's no attorney-client relationship between you and the podcast publisher. Allegedly Bravo podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent legal advice from a licensed professional attorney in your state. Got it? Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.